In order for something to become a currency for money, it has to carry certain functions for it to work inside of an economy. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the four different functions of money and why it is important to know. Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast, we are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. let's dive into this. The first function of money is medium of exchange. So let's define that a little bit. It's the common thing used as a representation of value to trade between two parties. So obviously in America, we use the dollar bill as the medium of exchange. And obviously that can break down or be $100 bills or whatever it may be. But it is a currency that two different parties, specifically in America, and can even be outside of America, is this currency that two different parties can use to make a trade. So if someone wants to buy groceries, for example, the grocery store and the person buying the groceries have to have a medium of exchange that both parties agree has value in order for a transaction to be made. Otherwise, it could be very difficult for a trade to occur between something like a grocery store and a person trying to maybe trade them lawn care services or something like that. (laughs) I mean, imagine going to a grocery store and being like, I'll mow your lawn twice if you give me X amount of groceries. That just wouldn't work. It's not a good medium of exchange. So, So in order for a currency to be functionable, it has to be able to carry a medium of exchange. And so when we're thinking about currencies in this episode, think of the dollar bill and how it follows these different functions that we are talking about. The second function is store of value. So if someone is wanting to save money for the future, whether it's saving to buy a property, like real estate, whatever that may be, saving for future kids' college tuition, saving for retirement, You want to be saving something that is going to hold its value for years to come if you are going to save it because you don't want to save something that you need 40 years from now, maybe something like retirement and that thing that you are saving no longer has value. So another function of a currency or function of money is that it has to be able to store your value for the future. So if you save money, then it will likely have value in the future compared to if you saved apples. (laughs) Those would rot and be worthless in a couple of weeks. So an apple would not be able to fall under the category of store of value within function of money. The third function that money has to carry is it has to be able to be a measure of value. So have you ever seen a price on something and been like, oh, that's a good deal? 
Well, you're able to say that because you had a metric or a unit of value to be able to compare it to. Measure of value basically gives you a starting number or starting point, so to speak of. So when you hear $1, you may think that that is worth or could buy you a bottle of Coke or an avocado or whatever it is. That is what the value of one means specifically when looking at dollars. If you didn't have something that gave two parties a common unit of value, that trade becomes very difficult. Money needs to be able to be easily measured so that trades between two parties can occur. So we kind of mentioned it before within the medium of exchange concept, but to go further with that concept here, you got to have a common value because imagine if you were trying to trade maybe gas in your car for cleaning services at your house. That would be very difficult to figure out how to trade those two items appropriately. Or it would be like going back to the elementary lunch days, trying to trade a Go-Gurt for someone else's Gushers or Capri Sun or whatever it may be, which would obviously become very tough or very difficult to do on a bigger scale with things like cars or real estate transactions. So money has to be able to carry a measure of value. So you know what $1 means to both parties. You know what $1,000 means to both parties. And then you can trade based off of that common value. Long story short, money gives a measuring rod for different items' values. And the fourth function that money has to be able to carry is standard of deferred payment. And this one really has come about more in the last century or so as you start to have things like debt via credit cards or loans for real estate, whatever that may be, which basically means that money nowadays, in order to function properly and in, inside of an economy, it needs to have a function to where payment can be deferred to the future, whether that's in increments, maybe you're making minimum payments on a mortgage, or if you're wanting to pay it all at once in the future, however that looks for your debt, so to speak. But standard of deferred payment is the fourth function of money. So those are the four functions of money. But why do these functions of money even matter? Well, here's something to notice. When inflation starts hitting, the functions of money start breaking down. And when functions of money start breaking down, people start to lose their trust in that currency, and that's when chaos can definitely ensue. So remember that inflation is the value of your money declining. Go listen to episode 13 if you want to hear more about that. But so in this case, let's say the, the dollar, the value of the dollar goes down when if inflation starts to occur. So maybe you used to be able to buy a package of Oreos for $3, but one year later, that package of Milk's Favorite Cookie, you know, Oreos, is now $4. And if that starts to happen for all the items inside of the grocery store, rather than just like a one-off, then inflation is starting to to happen, or you are able to notice it more easily. So essentially, the purchasing power of your dollar is declining. Now, in reality, how the cycle of this can look is something like maybe a farmer, they need fertilizer in order to fertilize their crops. And so what happens is maybe the fertilizer or the cost of fertilizer for crops has gone up. Well, 
the farmers who used the fertilizer aren't just going to eat that cost. They will increase the cost of their crops that they sell to stores like Walmart, for example, in which Walmart will raise their prices to keep their margins so that they're making the same profit as they were before. And then maybe the lawyer who's buying groceries says, well, I've got to charge more for my services, so it's not as expensive for me to buy groceries. And on and on it goes within that cycle inside of the economy. Hyperinflation is that to the extreme. For example, I can't remember if it was the 80s or 90s. I know I can Google it. But anyways, Brazil had a year where their average rate of inflation was 80% per month. Yeah, you heard that 80% per month. So what that means is your dollar or whatever their currency is, is worth 80% less than it was the month before. So one month, $100 bought you X amount of groceries. The next month, that $100 that you had can only buy $20 worth of groceries because inflation has declined your purchasing power by 80%. That's in the case of Brazil's hyperinflation scenario. But let's go back and look at the four functions of money and see how they are affected with something like inflation, let alone hyperinflation. First, looking at medium of exchange. This one really isn't affected unless people just stop viewing the currency as reliable or anything of value. But the U.S. dollar, for example, would still be the easiest way to make transactions between you and the grocery store, even if there was a lot of inflation. So medium of exchange doesn't necessarily go away. The second and fourth function we talked about, which were store of value and standard of deferred payment, both have to do with money holding value in the future. That starts to break down, though, or both of those start to break down. Because let's say there is hyperinflation in which the currency is losing value so quickly that grocery stores are updating their prices throughout the day since the currency is losing value so quickly. That's what they had to do in Brazil. One dozen eggs cost, I don't know, $3 and then, or that in the morning, and then at noon it cost $4, and then in the evening it cost $5. That's how rapid inflation was hitting uh, the country. Well, obviously if that's happening, you don't want to save a currency that is losing its value As a matter of fact, you should want to spend it because it can buy more today than it could tomorrow. So even if the currency isn't being hyperinflated and you are saving it for something 20 years from now, like your future children's college money or whatever it is, your retirement, it is losing value over that period of time. And the third function of value, which is the unit of value, would start to go away with hyperinflation because if a gallon of milk was $3, but has been so inflated that it is now $3,000 or something like that, then you are going to stop looking at the dollar or whatever currency is being used as a measurable unit of value. You might start to think uh, more like a gallon of milk really costs two British pounds or 15 Satoshis from Bitcoin. You're going to stop using that currency that is being so drastically inflated, though, as a common unit of value. So inflation can start to take away functions of money that are necessary for it to be a reliable currency. And if functions of money start to be lost, then people start to lose trust in the currency. The four functions of money are medium of exchange, store of value, measure of value, 
and standard of deferred payment. When you start to see those being broken down, then you can see inflation start taking its effect. And those with money vision are always taking into account inflation when investing so they can better preserve and multiply their wealth. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision U. If this is something that added value to you, then please subscribe, leave a review, and share. We are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future. If you want to learn more, then follow us on social media platforms at Money Vision U. We look forward to catching you in the next class.